Welcome back to Snake's Chat, episode 9. I hope everyone is well. Um, before I get started with the uh, sports topics, I brought on a new guest. His name is Trevor Vucci. Um, Trevor, how you feeling? Pretty good, Jake. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So tell the um, audience... You know, how you feeling about basically anything or, you know, what's new in your life? Uh, been pretty good. Just working, waiting to go back to school. Uh, happy to have sports back, you know. Um, Phillies, not so much. Sixers, don't want to talk about. And the Flyers, I feel good about, you know. Not worried about them. Yeah, we'll get into that later in the show, but... Um, with the uh, Sixers, uh, tell me what's they were up fourteen last night. Tell me what's going on with them. I, you know, they miss Ben Simmons a lot on defense, but Brett Brown's coaching is brutal. When you're up fourteen points and you decide to bring in Raul Nito off the bench instead of Alec Burks. There's a problem already, but I still have a little bit of faith that they can come back in the series, but they showed no effort last night. What does uh, Brett Brown have to do to light a flame under this team to get them back into this uh, series? I think he needs to start calling people out. I mean, Tobias Harris makes, he's got a max contract. Uh, Al Horford makes a lot of money. I'm sick of hearing Brett Brown saying, you know, we gave a good effort because all the fans know that that was one of the worst efforts we've seen. Yeah, I uh, agree. Like, both nights he scored 13 points. And I'm telling you, I'm watching the game, and he's just making bad shot selections. And he's laying up the laying up the ball like – like he's never played basketball before. Um, Joel Embiid, here's another guy that I want to talk about. He, uh, before the uh, bubble, there's videos of him training with his uh, uh, conditioning coach saying, oh yeah, I'm ready to play in the playoffs. Uh, do you think this is true? That that two games in the playoffs, uh do you think he's conditioning very well in the playoffs? I think he looks good. I think he's mentally not there. He said before everything started, he doesn't really want to go. He doesn't really want to be here. So I think once they start to lose, you could see in his, like, the way he's uh, playing. He doesn't really want to be here as bad as he says he does. Yeah. Um, Joel Embiid, uh, for me, I, I think he... He's like diving after balls. He's posting up. He's shooting the ball well. He's not making dumb decisions, but some plays he's just lazy. You know, it's he and there's another guy, Ben Simmons, which he injured, got injured. I don't know if that's he did that on purpose or not. I I have no idea. You know. I think it's a tough break. I mean, with him in the series, it's completely different. He 
always plays with speed. He's always, you know, making the right plays. I just, I think the roster is not there. I think Joel in the beginning of the game is unbeatable, just like last night. And then once they start to lose, it's again, it's just over for him. Um, in the off season, um, what does the Sixers have to do to bring themselves? Um, back to earth and realize, oh yeah, we got to play w- well in the next season. Uh, what do they have to do to um, hopefully not make these dumb, dumb decisions on the court? I think we need a time machine and go back, undo these signings and trades. But seriously, I think they're screwed. Tobias's contract is terrible. Al Horford's contract is terrible. The roster is bad. They can bring in a new coach, but I don't know if it'll help as much as people think. I mean, I think it will help a little bit, but without shooters around Ben and Joel, it's just a bad team. Yeah, I uh, agree with you there. Um, they yeah, they have no money after signing Tobias to a four-year deal close to $200 million, and he's scoring 13 points each night. So it's... And you you got Al Al Horford who's you signed him to a four year deal ninety million close to ninety million, and he's absolutely doing nothing you know for us. So yeah, there there has to be a restructure of the roster, and uh, let's let's talk about the uh, Phillies because um, the. The Phillies have another have the same issue, except it's it's the bullpen. You know, for the past three games, the bullpen has been on point. Tell me, what do you think of the Phillies? I mean, a lot of people blame the bullpen, but I mean, they've been absolutely terrible. But the hitting has not been timely. I mean, besides Bryce Harper and JT and maybe Phil Goslin. I don't think anybody else is batting close to 300. So we can complain about the bullpen a lot, but if we don't start hitting the ball as a team, we're not going to win any games. Yeah, because uh, for the past, uh, before we played Boston, the Mets, and now the Blue Jays, Baltimore, it was just JT Wilmuto and Bryce Harper. It it was just them, and everyone... The next day, they were blaming uh, Joe Girardi, saying, oh, yeah, he, he should do more. I disagree. He's the coach. It's the people in the front office that needs to do what they have to do to bring a talented product on the field. And I don't think that's that's happening right now. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I... People blame Gabe Kapler as much as like they wanted, and they said he was so bad. I love Girardi more, but Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail and John Middleton have put the absolute worst product on the field for the past, I don't know, decade or so. It's been bad. I mean, we haven't had anywhere close to a playoff team, and offensively, I feel like we're there, but... You need a full team. You can't just have one side of the ball. You can't have one. You can't have offense clicking and your pitching not clicking. Yeah, the uh, only um, thing that's not an issue right now is starting pitching. 
even though there are some areas where Jay Garrietta yesterday pitched not good. He wasn't there. Um, it, it looked like he was just throwing the ball to the catcher and not not actually pitching. Um, but in the bullpen, the only guy that's actually doing well right now is Adam Morgan. Adam Morgan has been lights out for them the past two series. So, uh, uh, tell me, they lost against the Blue Jays today. They're playing a doubleheader. Um, they have to play well against the Blue Jays. Um, it, it, my belief is the bullpen isn't isn't structured right, in my opinion. Um, even though they they bought up guys Connor Brogdon, Blake Parker, and but that's a band aid. Eventually, it'll fall off, and then the bullpen will come back to being a bad bullpen. Um, what does Macklin Tech need to do to get this bullpen into shape? Yeah, I'll hit on the starting pitching first. I mean, besides Nolan Wheeler, it's just inconsistency from the next three. I mean, Eflin the other day went five innings with 12 strikeouts. I mean, our other three guys just aren't getting deep into ball games, and it's making our bullpen work harder. And when you don't have a good bullpen – yeah, your starting pitcher's got to be good. So with Howard, Velasquez, Ariad, and Eflin, the combination of those four, they're not lasting long. They're pitching four innings into a game, and it's not helping. But Matt Klintak, like you said, Band-Aid, he's got to go out and find a guy that can seriously just solidify, get the job done, and, you know, move on. But hopefully we get David Robertson back soon and Ranger Suarez, two guys that <clears throat> who have pitched well in the past. But right now we're – Struggling to win games. Yeah. Um, it, quick news, though. W- with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, um, th- there's a few injuries on the defensive side. Jason uh, Hargrave, is it? Hargrave. And uh, the the Eagles uh, running back, Miles Sanders, it was a lower back injury. It's week to week. Hopefully he'll be back in the Eagles' rotation in week one. Um, Trevor, this is, let's talk about the Flyers. Um, the Flyers, um, they grabbed the top seed after the round robin, and, and Montreal upset the Penguins. And for the past uh, five games, Against Montreal, Montreal has been a faster team than the Flyers, um, and the on the power play it was a, a struggle for them at the beginning of the series. They couldn't get anything done on the power play um, because Montreal were was having that old, uh, old uh, defensive scheme where they tied up the defensemen, and it's hard for the Flyers to create a play. Um, last, last night, the, uh, it was just bad goaltending. Uh, the power play was on, on for them in the first line with Vorchek, Claude Drew, um, Evan Koloff, 
Um, what did you think of the Flyers overall in this uh, series? Um, listen, once the fly, uh, playoffs start, there's no seeding. It's just Flyers versus Canadians. So you knew you weren't going to come in and win four straight games. And you really weren't going to learn, oh my God, win 16 straight games. You weren't going to go 16-0 and win the Cup. Um, I didn't think Montreal would win two games. But when you have a goalie like Carey Price, I think anything's possible. I mean, Montreal's a, a fast team, and the Flyers are not. The Flyers are big, big dudes that just get to the net and get to the dirty areas. So um, that's why Montreal beat Pittsburgh. They're quick. They got young players. The young players are hungry. Um, I do think the Flyers will end up winning the series on Friday, but it's definitely tough. It's the playoffs. Anybody can win. Uh, what did you see from the Flyers um, positively? Positive, like in a positive way. Like, what did you see from the Flyers that shocked you, and what did the Flyers didn't do that that they need to work on for uh, tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow's game? Yeah, I mean, besides last night, their defensive play has been unbelievable. I mean, Carter Hart's been a stud, but the defense and the forwards have been playing unbelievable defense. Um, the penalty kill has been great. Um, the power play didn't look too bad last night when you scored. You score a couple on the power play last night, but there's a lot of things they can be better at. I think Montreal's played better than them the whole series, every single game. And that's crazy because we're up in the series 3-2. But I think the power play should be better, and I think 5-on-5 five five play needs to be better. Yeah. Um, did AV make a uh, mistake of putting in the in the line against the uh, against Montreal, did you think they he should have put on another line for uh, defensively for when they made that mistake from that uh, Kurt Suzuki goal? Um, listen, <clears throat> AV had a lot of faith in his fourth line. I mean, they've played well all series. They've probably been the best line. Um. The Flyers just got done two power plays, so the power play guys retired. So the fourth line really was the next line to go. And they've played well defensively, and, you know, it just backfired. They always say the most important shift is after you score a goal, and that's a backbreaker. If as soon as you tie the game up and the next team comes down and just puts one back in your net. Yeah. Um, yeah when I was watching, uh, Kevin Hayes got, got an opportunity to score two goals. He got robbed um, with the first uh, with the first play. Then the second play, he sort of got a uh, penalty kill, a penalty shot. Um, what do you think of that that play? I mean, it's tough. I mean, the first play, Carey Price makes an unbelievable save, um, and the second play. I would have thought it would have been a penalty shot, but the refs are so inconsistent, you never know what's going to happen. So we got a power play, and I believe we scored on it, right? I believe. I believe Farabee scored on that, on that power play. Yeah, that yeah, that was the quickest play I've ever seen. But um, let's talk about uh, Vorchek. You know, this, this guy was struggling with uh, scoring goals the whole series. And he came last night and scored two goals for the Flyers. Uh, what do you think? What changed of his mentality? Um, I mean, Voracek's not the most skilled player. 
But, I mean, he's, that's his third goal of the series, and they've all either gone off of somebody or gone off of his, you know, body. It's the playoffs. You're not going to score pretty goals. you got to get to the net and hope they bounce off people. And he's playing the right way. You just get pucks to the net. So I, he's always worked hard. He's just not you know, most skilled. Yeah, I um, I uh, agree. Uh, they got to do a better job with uh, turnovers. They were turning the puck over in the last two games. And they need to do a better job. Um AV has to uh, make a decision on the first line. What what guy needs to be taken off of the first line? What guy needs to be on there? I believe Claude Julie should be bumped down, and Joel Faraby should be up in the first line for uh, tomorrow because of speed. Um, now, what do you think of of that? Do you think AV should make make uh, adjustments to the line? Yeah, I mean. The last game, the last two games, they had Michael Roffel playing on the first line with Couturier and Voracek, which is okay for one game, but you can't keep it because Michael Roffel is not a goal scorer. I know he scored the one goal, but he's not going to consistently do it. The second line of Fabi Hayes and Konechny, it's not a terrible line. I think once they get going, it's going to be dangerous. But right now, Drew's playing on that third line, and I'd I think he's got to go back to the first line to get him going because if he's not scoring or helping out, he's just he's just not a great hockey player. Yeah, I uh, agree. Um, guys, there you there you have it. Um, we talked about the uh, Phillies issues, what they need to work on, uh, the uh, Flyers and the and the Sixers. Um, I'll see you guys next time. Welcome back to Snakes Chat, Episode 9, Part 2. Uh, I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, I interviewed my friend yesterday uh, in Part 1 of the episode. Uh, he gave great feedback about the Philly sports. Uh, before I get into the uh, sports topics, we have a lot of topics to cover today including the Sixers, the Flyers playoff run, uh, the Flyers game six. Uh, they are playing uh, tonight, and the Phillies are playing against the Braves uh, tonight, and the Sixers are playing game three in Boston in the bubble in Orlando, Florida. But before I start, I have a few announcements. Um. I'm doing something new on this podcast. Uh, I'm doing a five-question trivia for about Philly sports and one random question. Um, if you get all five questions right, you have an opportunity to get on this podcast and talk to your host of the podcast, uh, Jake Moriello. Which is obviously me. <laughs> um, if you get all the questions right, DM me uh, on my Instagram. Uh, it's moriello.jacob, M A U R I E L O O dot Jacob. Um, yeah, we can basically talk about anything, guys. Um, 
This podcast is structured on Philly sports, but again, I can move that structure and make it into anything really. You know, it's it doesn't have to necessarily be on sports, um, but if you want to talk about your day or something is bothering you or you want to just talk, we can just talk. Um, another news on this podcast is uh, the Padres uh, superstar, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. And you're thinking, why is he... Um, talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. on the Padres and not Philly sports because this relates back to the Phillies bullpen a lot. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. was up to bat, a 3-0 count, bases loaded, and the Padres were winning 10-4 against the Texas Rangers. And the manager said, hey, Fernando, take a pitch. You know, and Fernando didn't listen to the manager. And luckily, Fernando hit a home run, made it 14-4. to And the manager was upset with him. A few of his teammates were upset. The Rangers were definitely upset. But the question is, um, why are you upset? The, the manager said after the game, he said... It's a learning experience for him. He will learn his lesson. Um, no, he's not going to learn his lesson because he didn't do anything wrong. He swung. He literally swung the bat, and he put in more runs to preserve preserve the bullpen. But um, the the Rangers bullpen is having a hiccup. The Phillies bullpen is having a hiccup. Um, it's You can't be throwing meatballs to batters. Okay, number one. It will be a whole different story of if Fernando Tatis was up to bat 3-0 and they were down a run. But it doesn't matter because he hit a home run. So there's no controversial uh, argument here. I don't think so. He put, he he brought in runs and and he did his job. He is proving to his ret- veteran players that he's a tough hitter and dangerous hitter at the same time. Okay, let's move on to the Eagles. Um, the Eagles are going through a injury bug right now. Um, they are missing. They are missing uh, Zach Ertz. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit about his contract extension. Zach Ertz is, has an upper body injury. He's going to be questionable. For week one, I hope that's not true. Um, and Dallas Goddard is has an upper body. He's questionable for week one. This is questionable because they don't know how far the injury is going to go. Um, it really it's two weeks until the season starts, so they they will be good. But Miles Sanders ha- has a lower back 
lower body injury. He's questionable, but he should be good. I'm hearing that he is going to be good for week one. And Boston Scott has a lower body. Really, really everyone is questionable on this list. But uh, Derek Barnett has an ankle injury. Uh, Of course, questionable. Javon Hargrave, he's a nose tackle. Um, it's it's a pectoral injury, um, and the Brandon Brooks injury really really hurt the the Eagles' offensive line, and and Carson Wentz added some weight to to his body. He he was two thirty, and now he's two fifty, so that that could prevent. Uh, him getting hurt, but if you don't have your all pro t- guard to guard your guard the uh, opponent, that is really going to be hard for Carson Wentz. But Jason Peters moved to guard. They signed a he signed a one year deal with the Eagles, and uh, you know what? He's a very he was a very good left tackle for us, and it, and he extended his uh, uh, career moved over to guard. So hopefully he can be um, ready and guard and guard uh, Carson Wentz for us. Uh, also on Jeffrey, uh, he suffered a foot injury last year. Uh, he had surgery. He, he might be missing a lot of weeks for us, and that means Jalen Reger, the, the, the uh, first pick, for us that we drafted, uh, should be ready to go. Um, and with the with the uh, contract extension for uh, Zachers, I said this in previous podcasts. Um, I, the uh, George Kittle he signed a five year, seventy five million contract. That's the biggest contract. Uh, that's really considered a wide receiver, uh, contract, really. Um, and I, I really, really hope that the Eagles can sign, uh, Zach Ertz, but they have to look at, uh, Travis Kelsey's contract. I think he got four years, 57 million. So my guess is Zach Ertz will hopefully get maybe, um, Five years, sixty, sixty-five million. Um, right in the smack in the middle of Travis and and uh, George Kittle, and you know what? I really hope they can. The Eagles can keep Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz is in a a familiar uh, situation, just like George Kittle. Of course, George Kittle is way better than him in receiving yards, but San Fran's favorite target is George Kittle, and Philadelphia Eagles' favorite target is Zach Ertz. So hopefully we can get that contract uh, done. And um, let's just talk about the – oh, and I forgot – um, the Eagles grabbed Travis Fulham off waivers. 
Uh, he he played with the Lions. Um, he showed promise in the preseason. Last year, he had seven receptions for 147 yards. And uh, that didn't translate to the regular season. Hopefully, um, he can translate that into the regular season for us, maybe, or um, another team. But he was compared to J.J. Rega Whiteside. Um, I really don't like comparing people to people. I really don't. That that doesn't make sense to me. And it, you know what? You know what? Travis uh, has to do a better job if he's getting compared to J.J. Rega Whiteside. But let's go back to the Phillies. Um, the Phillies grabbed a a reliever. They traded um traded traded Addison Russ to the Yankees for David Hale. Um, David Hale is a uh is a guy who needs potential. He was in the Vince Velasquez boat. He didn't have success as a starter, but he was doing a great job for the Yankees. In the bullpen, his ERA as a starter it was four point zero zero, and then when he went in the um, bullpen, it dropped from four point zero zero to three point zero zero. So he is having more success in the bullpen than as a starter. And um, looking at the stats for Addison Ross, um, he had two hundred strikeouts in 150 innings and you're like wait why didn't we just call up this kid and not and not trade for David Hell um because we need help we need help desperately and i don't trust the guys in our farm system really quite frankly which that's really sad but we need experience we need leadership in the bullpen and I think David Hell is that guy to potentially uh, lead lead the bullpen, uh, give give his aspects of it. Um, yesterday it was atrocious game. Um, all the pitchers, all, all the pitchers. Uh, Vince Velasquez didn't pitch well. The bullpen didn't pitch well. All the guys. I'm not going to single out one player except. I'm going to go back to the Boston series when Jake Arrieta pitched. Jake Arrieta didn't, did not pitch well. It looked like he was just pitching um, and not... I mean, he was just throwing the ball and he was not pitching the ball. Um, and, you know, that's, that's sad. You know, you've you got to have command of your pitches. You've got to have location of the pitches. And you've got to have a plan... Uh, of when you go out on the mound, you know it, it's it's just pathetic of the way the Phillies are handling this situation. You know they they are just watching the bullpen just crinkle up in paper and just not and just pitching like crap. Like it that's basically what they're doing, and they called up their two pitching prospects, and they're not doing so great. I feel like this bullpen is not 
structured in the right way. It's it's the talent evaluators that I blame, and I I blame McLintock really. Um, he's the one who's signing the papers off. Um, it it's just pathetic of the way the scouts are in this town, and I'm sorry for calling these people out, but listen, I am talking to audience the audience over here. And you're not doing your job. I'm doing my job. I'm studying you guys. And you got to do a better job. I really don't care. <laughs> if you say, oh, well, um, eh, well, um, I do a better job. You know, what? Like, something like that. They, they give an excuse. You know, but the problem is the bullpen, um, my belief is, they're not as talented, but I don't think they are getting taught um, the right way. Um, I understand um, Vince Velasquez. I'm sorry, but we gave you a chance five years in a row. and Actually, no, f- four years in a row. Um, and f- quite frankly, you can't be taught. Just like Simon Cowell says, it's in you or it's not. And quite frankly, um, Vince Velasquez, you are not talented. I'm sorry. You can't be coached. You can't be – we can't coach you. But the question is, who let Cole Irvin and Nick Bavetta on the mound? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for calling these people out, you know, but um, I can't pitch in the majors. That's why I'm not in the majors. It's their job to get these batters out. And they're not doing it. They are throwing meatballs to batters. They are in- inconsistent with their pitches. Um, their, their pitches are not polished all the way through. It's not finished. Okay? It, it's pathetic and horrendous the way I'm saying this. And you know what the guy catching behind the plate um, is due for a contract and... I really hoped he will be back here. Um, if this if this bullpen keeps on pitching the way it is, uh, JT will be playing in a different uniform. So it's it's it. I'm not sorry for myself. I'm just sorry for the fans of Philadelphia that they have to go through another um, year or two to finally get to the playoffs and you know what it's it's not it it's it it's um it's sad really it's sad and um Joe Girardi today said about Macklintack he has to do his job he's not calling him out um Macklintack has to do his job <laughs> and it's it's pathetic that we were winning seven to two yesterday and we lost nine to eight. It's it's the way our pitching is. It it looks like they were th- just pitching. It, it, I mean, it, they were just throwing the ball and not caring if it hits the zone or not. JT is trying to tell these pitchers to pitch in the zone, trying to tell them to pitch, and they're doing the opposite. I don't know what they're doing. And I'm sorry, JT, but if you leave, good for you. 
good for you. But uh, tonight they got to do a better job. Um, because the only t- the only category that the Phillies are doing right now is batting. They are hitting the ball very well. Everyone is stepping up on offense. And the and the Phillies bullpen can't step up. They got to work together. They got to come together as a team and they got to um I don't know. Go to after the game, pitch, pitch. Have your pitches down. It's pathetic the way I'm seeing this team right now. Pathetic. It's it's embarrassing, really. They are embarrassing the city of Philadelphia. Just imagine if the fans are in the sands right now. They will be booing the bullpen. It's pathetic. Get a grip, guys. And Bryce Harper is the one who should be upset too because he took a failing contract. I keep on saying this, and it's not, and it's not working. I don't know. I don't know about this guy David Help, but I really hope. He's the band-aid of this cut. If not, I don't know I don't know what to do with this team. It's pathetic. <clears throat> um going to the Sixers. Um it, the Sixers right now. Um I don't feel like talking about this team either, but I have to. So with this team, um, pathetic. Um, it's it's just this team is not structured um, the way Elton Brand structured this this team is just um, he did a horrible job with this roster. Um, he gave Tobias Harris four years, uh, one eighty. Let's round it up to two hundred. That sounds really well for this guy who can't shoot, and it, he's not really a max max player. And um, Joel Embiid, um, I really have is, I used to have issues with this this guy, but um, I see that he's trying. He's trying to get in shape. He's trying to uh, get these guys. Well, I don't want to say that. He just scores thirty four points and ten rebounds, and he's not a leader. Like it, it's just, it's just sad that Joel Embiid um, is a superstar in this town, and he can't step up. Um, yeah, he's stepping up on the floor, but he's not stepping up off the floor. You know, he should be a leader. He should be pushing Tobias Harris more, and he should be pushing Al, Al Horford. I'm sorry, Al, but you're not a, a superstar anymore. So it, it's just, it's just, um, Brett Brown puts in Raul Neto in for Alec. I, I'm sorry, putting in Raul Neto. And, um, Alec Burks, um, 
scored 18 in game one. And you put Volneto in in game two. Um, it, it's just it's just bad coaching, really. And um, I I can't I can't say any anything more. Uh, you got to be physical uh, offensively. You got to um, be consistent on the offensive end. Um, listen to your coach, really, and. And um, it's the pick and roll defense isn't working for them really. It's it's not. You got to change it up. It's not if it, if something is not working, just change it, please. Um, and and um, I'm sorry. I'm still on the Phillies topic right now. Um. Sorry. Um with the with the Sixers, this team is is just not coming together. Um and you know what's sad? The 2017 and 2018 roster is doing better than than this year. Um looking at their uh three-point percentage, it's it's way better than this year. The percentage is 45 in October in that year, 45%. And then it keeps on going. It, it's a roller coaster, but it's staying in the 40s. You know, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so it, it's the uh, Robert Covington roster. It was just built around that roster. You don't, and I feel like Elton Brand tore it up, you know, all that. And first off, uh, tonight's game. Uh, tonight's game, you gotta have defense. Put Matisse on Jason Tatum, please, and and have another defensive guy. You know, I don't know who else is a defensive guy, but pick someone, please. Um, and don't give Kemba Walker space. After game two, he said, I can't believe how much space the Sixers gave me. He knows it's, it's sad the, the way the Sixers are playing right now. It's sad. Um, and he knows about bad offenses. He played in Charlotte, and that's, that was a bad team. You got to contain Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Campbell Walker. You got to do that. You gotta step up, guys. And um, that's all I have on the Sixers, really. I yeah, they they were a fourteen and they blew a fourteen point lead. Um, pathetic. Um, the uh, Flyers, the Flyers. Um, should be a stress relief for me uh, tonight and for everyone. Um, but they got to clean, clean some, some uh, things up, um, some areas up. And in, in game five, I thought their power play w- was up. They, they improved on that. Um, and the veteran, Jake Voracek, I, I thought their, his scoring abilities were, were done. 
uh, just a playmaker, but he had two goals in that game. Um, Joel Farabee was <clears throat> had a goal. Um, you gotta have. You gotta keep up with Montreal, because you can't um, have a have the Flyers format uh, formula, which means usually they have um, they like analyze the the period first period they analyze what the team is and then in the second they just attack and they attack and they create power plays this team Montreal you can't you can't they are they come out fast they 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 are on you that quick you gotta keep up with Montreal you you gotta come out of the gate fast um a few areas they they need to clean up on is the turn turnovers. The turnovers really killed the Flyers in Game Five. Um, it really hurt them. And uh, the Carter Hart, Carter Hart, um, really uh, struggled in Game Five because there was no defense really. Um, and Alan Vignier, uh should change up the roster. I mean the lines right now because Matt Niskanen got suspended for Game Six tonight because of a penalty that wasn't called in that game, and the guy had a broken jaw, so he got suspended for for only tonight. Um, and really, you um, really um, the only guy that you should put. On the first line is Travis Seinheim, the defenseman. Um, he's a very quick defenseman, talented, and it, he's a fast defenseman, fast uh, defenseman. So um, there you have it. Um, key areas for tonight. Um, you, the Montreal has a tight. Um, Defense. They got an old scheme defense, where you're, when you're in the their zone, they they tighten tighten up the defense, and it and it makes them, and it makes the defense, uh, it makes the offensive opponents tough to create plays of their own and shoot it. But the Flyers did a very great job of moving the puck in in Game Five. They they were staying calm. You gotta stay calm. You gotta be patient. Um, go against Montreal's fast pace. Slow them down. Create some traffic in front of Carey Price. Cause some traffic. Confuse Carey Price. Um, create plays so Montreal's defense can space it up, and you can go through them. You can't pass north, uh, east to west because that's when their their old old scheme comes into play and their and the defense comes back in into into tight. It doesn't open up. You gotta pass the puck north of the ice. Um and you gotta keep um Montreal around the uh, perimeter of the ice. You can't get them going again. It it's Alan Vignier has that has those guys uh Accountability wise, they have their roles. They know their roles very well. Just like the Sixers, they don't know their roles. That's why they're struggling. It's about responsibility. 
And when you don't have responsibility, that's when you struggle. Um, that's all I, I have. Switch the lines, come out fast, stay calm, be smart, and that's it, guys. See you guys next time.